Welcome to Worldwide Wonderful Women, a podcast for your living in divine power when yours is diminished. A podcast where encouragers receive encouragement. We understand these are hard times. You may find that it is becoming more of a challenge for you to remain strong as you give of yourself continuously. That's why this is the place to join other women globally who face the same challenges as you. So join us regularly to receive biblical insight not to faint, but to stand strong. This is the podcast to be rejuvenated and revitalized. Now, let's join our host, Paula Harris. Welcome again to episode number 166 of Worldwide Wonderful Women. And the title of this episode is Spiritual Beings, Part 2. Again, we know the month of October, many celebrate Halloween and maybe some spooky characters. And so I thought it would be good to focus on spiritual beings that are presented in the Word of God. There are a variety of terms for unseen beings that are a part of the spiritual realm that are both good and evil. And so I wanted to discuss or go over some of those terms this month. I can remember when I was younger that we went to amusement parks and the amusement park might have a haunted house. And then you would go into that haunted house and all kind of things and people would be jumping out at you or there'd be spiders. It was dark. It was all kind of different images and everything. Just all kind of things that would try to make your uh, heart beat out of your chest and cause you to grab the person that was next to you. Well, I look back now and I'm like, how do we think that that's so much fun? But I look, I know that there are some of you, even though you're older, you still like that kind of thing. Hey, that's your flavor or that's what you like. Fine. But I just thought that this month I would draw your attention into a spiritual realm that's presented in the Bible. Okay? So just bear with me. What I'd like to do this week is to go over how angels are both messengers of God and they're also ministers to man. Let's look at angels' relationship to God. First of all, angels were created by God. Psalm 148.5 says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at His command they were created, and He established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Another thing about angels is that even though they didn't participate in creation, they were witnesses there when God created the world. In Job 38 verses 4 to 7 in NIV, it says, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off the dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together, here's the point, and all the angels shouted for joy. In other words, they were there when God was creating all this, as we see in Job. Their original state was that they were holy, and some of them rebelled against God, and they lost that exalted position. The leading angel in this revolt became the devil, or also known as Satan. 
And you can see Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 and verse 14. Another of the fallen angels is named in the Bible is Abaddon or Apollyon. This fallen angel is the angel of the bottomless pit. In Revelation chapter 9, 11, it says, They had a king over them, the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek is Apollyon, that is, destroyer. So we have two names of the fallen angels, Satan and Abaddon. Of course, Satan is over all of the fallen angels, and Abaddon is the angel of the bottomless pit. Now, holy angels delight in praising the Lord continuously. You can look at Psalm 103, verse 21, and others. Now, there are large numbers of them that remain at God's side, and they're ready to do his every command, because again, they're his messengers. God's throne is surrounded by countless multitude of angels. If you look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, you'll see how this mentions that. Now, holy angels are known for their reverence for God and their obedience to his will. So angels represent God in making significant announcements of good news, just like in Genesis chapter 18, verse 9 to 10. And then on his behalf, they also warn of coming dangers. And you can see that in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. And that in some cases, they are God's agents in the destruction and judgment of evil. You can see that in Genesis chapter 19, verse 13. And of course, there's other references I could have given you. But that was just a quick review in regards to angels' relationship to God. Now, what about their relationship to human beings? When visible to human beings, angels normally appear in human form. You can look at Zechariah chapter 2, verse 1, and Daniel chapter 10, verse 18. Sometimes, however, their appearance does cause astonishment and fear. You could look at Judges chapter 13, verse 6. Angels appear to several people, Abraham, Moses, David, Daniel, Peter, and even Paul. And they cared for people and served them in times of need. They also guided and instructed people. They played a role in giving God's law to Moses. You can see that in Acts chapter 7, verse 38, and also verse 53. And then sometimes their guidance came through human dreams, like in Genesis chapter 31, verse 11. Angels appeared to many of God's people in the Bible to announce good news, warn of danger, guard from evil, guide and protect, nourish or instruct. And when Christ came to earth as the Savior, angels pronounced his birth, guided and warned his parents. Philip was guided by an angel, and the apostles were rescued from prison by an angel. So angels have been very interactive in regards to human beings. Although angels are not objects of salvation or they can't experience salvation, angels are interested in the salvation of human beings. You could look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. In NIV, it says, For it seems to me that God has put us apostles 
on display at the end of the procession, like those condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, and now look, listen to this, and to angels as well as to human beings. So angels are interested in our salvation and our sanctification, our walk. They're observing us. Now, Jesus spoke frequently of angels, both good and bad. And angels are quite real, and they do play a vital part in God's plan for the human race. Now, even look at Jesus as the God-man. Jesus was truly God, but he was fully man, too. Even to the point that we see that Jesus received angelic ministry on several occasions. And he could have commanded thousands of angels at Gethsemane or anywhere else should he had chosen to not fulfill his redemptive work on our behalf. But thank God he did. If you look at Matthew chapter 4 verse 11 with the NIV, it says, Then the devil left him, talking about Jesus, and angels came and attended him. So even when Jesus was a man here on earth, truly God, truly man without sin, angels came and attended to him as well. Now, do you know that we can come in contact with angels even here on earth? In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, the King James, it says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. So even now, we can come in contact with angels. Now, have you ever asked yourself, do we have guardian angels? I have joked several times about my guardian angels being beat up because of the spiritual warfare that I experience at times. But I do want to say something in regards to this. The belief in guardian angels has been around for a long time, but it cannot be emphatically answered from Scripture whether or not each believer has a guardian angel or two or three guardian angels assigned to him or her. God does use angels now in ministering to us. That's important. But as far as a particular or two or three particular angels being assigned to each person, we don't know. It is scriptural to say that he uses these angels as he uses us. Yet, he in no way needs us or them, the angels, to really accomplish his purpose, but chooses to use us and them regardless. In the end, whether or not we have an angel assigned to protect us, we have an even greater assurance from God. If we are his children through faith in Christ, He works all things together for our good. And that's Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to 30. And Jesus Christ will never leave us nor forsake us. So if we have an omniscient, omnipotent, all-loving God with us, does it really matter whether or not there's an angel or some kind of guardian angel protecting us? I trust that you get the point on that. Well, we do need to praise God that angels do have a relationship with him, and they also have a relationship with us. And I've shared with you in the many different ways in which they relate to mankind. We can thank God for his wisdom in using them and us. But again, God does not need them or us. So I truly praise God that he uses both of us. And so let's give him praise even now and smile 
Jesus loves you. Thank you for listening to Worldwide Wonderful Women. We trust you enjoyed the program. Please take a moment to leave us a good rating and review on iTunes to help us continually encourage others around the globe. We also invite you to go to TWMforJesus.org. That's T-W-M, like in Mary, F-O-R-J-E-S-U-S dot O-R-G to download your free gift and see other resources to help you live in divine power. And oh, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time, be strong and of good courage.